0: Light sky, holes, right through the dark. No one will be able to hide who they really are.
1: Welcome back to Doom Patrol Radio WDPR 96.3, your favorite subliminal radio station. Listen, if the sisterhood of Dada can time travel, then they've already won. I mean, can the Doom Patrol even stop them? Tune in, tune out, drop in, and drop dead, here on Doom Patrol Radio.
2: Have you ever dropped your laptop?
0: Have I ever dropped my laptop? I don't think so, but I spilled milk on it one time. You spilled milk? What are you Mm. a child? Um, We got a sippy cup over there? (laughs) Came out of my sippy cup. (laughs) Just (laughs) watching my Sunday morning cartoons.
2: Oh my laptop. Spilled Uh my milk all over the keyboard. (laughs) Um yeah, no, I've never dropped a laptop. No. Yeah, me neither. Welcome back, nobodies, to your favorite Doom Patrol podcast. This side of the painting. My name is Mark, and my name is Nathan. And today we're talking about Subconscious Patrol, episode eight out of ten for season three. Nate, how are we feeling about today's episode? We're feeling deep, what a and and
0: and emotional. It's a very what a roller coaster this episode was, huh?
2: <laughs> Not a dry yeah. eye in the house. Yeah. It 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 definitely confirmed a lot of things for us that we've been talking about this season. But I gotta say, overall, it was a really fun episode, as as traumatic and and kind of smart episode. A very smart episode. Smart. A very. Yeah. Yeah. It was really
0: uh, on a com- on a different level than just like a regular, you know, Doom
2: Patrol, yeah, uh, shtick. You know, it was a. Uh, It kept it interesting. Like, I I think, you know, I was kind of worried going into today's episode because there's a lot going on, especially when I went into it thinking, okay, we have three episodes left, including this one. And just thinking kind of like, okay, well, what's going to happen in this eternal flagellation? And they managed to like really keep the pacing tight and like, like I said, fun, like make it interesting in, in that way. So, Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and give credit where credit is due. So we have Rebecca Rodriguez who is directing today's episode. She also directed a patrol, which is the, um, episode 14 from season one. So, uh, right off the bat, this felt kind of like a season finale to me a bit. Like it was getting that feel when I was watching today's episode. I don't know if you felt the same way, Nate. Um, but just the, the the gravity of what they were talking about in today's episode with the yeah. characters, I felt that. I felt like this feels like we're getting close to closure here, don't you think? Yeah, that's why I was saying it was deep. I mean, the uh, the the
0: issues that were tackled in this episode and what this episode was and the entire journey through the subconscious of these characters was so deep and emotional. And I mean, it has all the... The makings of of something that would be close to a finale, but uh, hey, Still don't got don't episodes right? Yeah, don't jump the gun. I mean, come on, give me a break.
2: <laughs> give the Doom Patrol a break for sure. Um, and then writer, we have Tanya Steele, who co wrote Sex Patrol from season two as well. One of the other really good episodes from season two, and if I remember correctly, Sex Patrol as well also had a little bit of Therapy Patrol, as we like to. Uh, use that trademark phrase uh, where Niles Calder and Cliff Steele were having that moment, which again, Cliff Steele goes into what his problems are, you know, the struggle that he's been dealing with without really getting into his subconscious. So it was really good to have Tanya Steele back in today's episode because they really it, they really have this this great writer who can tap into all of them and handle this uh so well, getting into each the mindset of each character. Um, so let's just get right into today's episode. Um, I figured the best way to, to kind of talk about this, um, is it's, let's start with the the story structure itself, which is dealing with Rita Farr, who has kind of come full circle, uh, between the two characters of Rita Farr and Bendy. And I figured we talk about Rita Farr first, and then we'll get into the actual subconscious of each character okay but yeah what did you think about uh what's going on with rita far in today's episode i um i need to watch it again just to like confirm
0: what my thoughts and how my mind was piecing together rita's uh story um but it's uh it it didn't disappoint in the in the time travel uh storytelling in my opinion it wasn't anything lame you know it wasn't something to just go back and erase time it's like you're using that device and that machine with a purpose it's Mm -hmm. not just MacGuffin or or whatever you want to call it it's not just a a thing to drive the the story forward or, or what have you it's it's an actual tool that I believe Rita is going to use and it's going to use it in a way that has the ability to alter things and not just you know quote fix things you know what I mean yeah, um, yeah. so I, uh, it's it, like I said it's a smart episode it's it's using a time travel device as not something that's just like okay let's just go fix what we have done it's no let's use this thing to manipulate and literally do whatever you want because that's rule one of a time machine kind of there the are time no machine. rules yeah like yeah. You have all the answers. The answer is the time machine. You have all of the time you need. Go and use that. And yeah. uh, this that's exactly what Rita's, I, I assume, what she's going to do. Um, yeah. You know, for
2: for good? Question mark? Question mark. Or evil. <laughs> uh, I, no, I, I really like how this show handles time travel. I was thinking about it the same way where, uh, in the moment where Rita Farr is traveling back to the future rim shot uh, is, is how they keep it simple with time travel. They don't, and it's probably just because in pop culture, every time time travel is used in storytelling. Now writers have to overthink ways on how to combat plot holes because that's what critics love to sap out is, is plot holes when it comes to time travel. And it's, the show doesn't try to over explain time travel. It doesn't try to like cover all the bases and being like, oh yeah, you know, the timeline looks like this, and this is what's being altered, and here's what's going on. Um, but this this show is just kind of like, yeah, they use the time travel to go back, and they're using the time travel to go forward, and and the only thing that needs to be solved is is the is the amnesia that you kind of get as a symptom from time traveling. That's the only thing that, the only MacGuffin that they were like, okay, well, for plot reasons, they're going to forget everything. And then they're going to remember everything. That's the only thing that they introduce, but it all gets solved by the time machine, which I think the time machine's name is is Shipley. Shipley. That's what I, I, we must've had the same exact realization at the same
0: time watching the episode where it was like, oh, oh, it's just his name? It's a ship.
2: Okay, all right. I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, the ship's name is Shipley. And yeah, only because Rita Farr com- like, spoke to the machine is how I understood it. it like, oh, the ship's name is Shipley. Mm-hmm. That went, went right over our head. We never would have guessed it. I, I thought we were being sneaky when we saw the subtitles and we were like, oh, there's some like unannounced character named Shipley we haven't met. No, it's the ship too too simple what? too smart <laughs> too simple too, too smart, smart. Um,
0: simple and smart that's it for a, a yeah.
2: loop um
0: yeah so but the memory thing comes back to her when she goes forward in time right am i mis misrem- am, am i did i did i catch that wrong i thought when she was going to the future to push herself uh into the uh samuelson's death ray that's a cool band name um that is a cool you write that one down (laughs) uh my thought was that she had all the memories of the past and of her life lived before she regained them going forward in time was like oh yeah totally right
2: that I was guess, another thing why
0: I was like, I got to rewatch this again because I'm pretty sure I got a little confused on the read of our time travel business. And I understand that's what I, I want. That. I do want to be like, wait, hang on. I need to stop and rewatch this and, and reread it again. And all these things, um, when it comes to time travel and stuff, cause that's something that is fun. And that's something to, you know, there's so many different ways you can do time travel or affect time travel, all that stuff. And it's, it's even explain time travel, whatever the, math and physics that are around it. Um, There's so many things to play with. So I just always like want to know more and like how it actually works. So it's, again, I want to go back and figure out exactly what... Yeah, especially when the season wraps up. (laughs) (laughs) But my my thought was that she regained all her memories from before she went back in time and then all the memories that she
2: had. 30 years of time travel and then but but the 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 trip to the the side trip to the poconos to uh, to to codsville resort i'm i'm and that goes back to your question i'm wondering if the next two episodes are going to further explain some of the timeline stuff that we're missing um or, or elaborate on it or or was the episode today just just that like okay that explains this that's that explained that no no no, no 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 we
0: have to go more into the time travel because uh that's what i'm the thinking brain yeah. in, and monster Allah are gonna be i'm pretty sure bigger characters in these last two episodes here well, we're kinda gonna kinda have a hope. brotherhood <laughs> of evil showdown mark yeah. i'm telling you so that's exciting but they are going to have a time machine yeah so there's, i don't there, know there, there's mm. That's why I'm saying it's that 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 that, that's why it's good. It's good time travel storytelling, because I can't predict what is going to happen. Whereas everything else, even in the freaking Avengers movie, we called it (laughs) six months
2: ahead of time or whatever. It was like, okay, I
0: guess we're just gonna go back in time, right? It was on the Man They were so right?
2: embarrassed to uh, to admit it, and it's just like, just admit it. It's and then the a whole joke movie. about the
0: dude crawling up his butt and was like, maybe, you, maybe you should have just went and did that, huh? You know, maybe you should have just did <laughs> maybe that. Maybe the they already figured was right about something. They figured out the uh, time travel stuff. Give him something that'll just really throw
2: him for a loop, anyway. So the, uh, the the cameo, the the bit that is Monsieur Mala and and Brain, uh, the Brotherhood of Evil scene that happens with Madame Rouge and how Laura DeMille gets her name, the recruitment, if you will, uh, being DeMille recruited gets her by, name, by the way. Yeah, being recruited by metahumans this time, right? Uh, um, This might explain why they send Garguax to go kill Rita Farr. So when you look back at Vacate Patrol, you're like, oh, it's because she stole the time machine that they stole from when she landed back in 1970. I told you that's why when, when, quote,
0: future Rita or whatever Rita, time travel Rita, showed up in Codsville Resort, that's when they got the signal. Beep, 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 beep. Oh, it wasn't until that that Rita from the past, the 30 years of living in 1917 to 1949, when when that Rita showed up, that's when the warning went off. So, yes, you're right on that front. Um, mm. Speaking mm-hmm. of, did you hear what the brain in or the brain called Madame Rouge uh, in just a little bit of a, a line of dialogue in there? The shift shaper? Nobody de mill.
2: Oh, nobody Demille. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, I did catch that. There you go. Think... That's pretty neat, right? Yeah. There's just... there's
0: the tie-in to the Mister Nobody Brotherhood of Dada, Sisterhood of Eve, Sisterhood of Dada. You know, there we go. We got it. We were asking for it, and we got it. Mark, fanfare. Hmm.
2: It's it's only a matter of time. Connect connect all of them. I mean, I'm ready to see what happens. Like uh, the more I think about, I try not to think about it. I try not to think about what's gonna happen with. Brain and Monsieur Mala and the sisterhood of Dada. And even if we've seen the last of Mr. Nobody, but they have, they have a lot that they can do because they haven't really gotten rid of any villains. The only villain they got rid of uh, was Niles Calder. <laughs> it's the only one they got rid of. Um, So it's just, it's just incredible. And then uh, to top it all off, um, April Bowlby as, as Rita Farr to Come back into today's episode as a Rita Farr who's both Bendy and Rita Farr. Is, it, at first, it was kind of scary. Or like intimidating, I should say. And then later on in the episode when she confronts Laura DeMille at the, the attic where the Sisterhood of Dada were staying at in the ant farm. It's a little bit like... It's just a really good performance by April Bowlby. But at first it's like, oh, okay, so now she's become both characters. It's Bendy from the Past and Rita Farr with the memories that restored. And so now she's a combination of these two characters where there is now a, a an established rivalry with Madame Rouge. Like they've they've created what you feel in, in the comic books where you go, oh yeah, this is the arch nemesis of Rita Farr and it's, it's Madame Rouge. The show in today's episode, it does that. It does establish like, okay, this is why in the Doom Patrol, Rita Farr, you connect a dot to Madame Rouge. Like there's a rivalry here that's, we've created decades of turmoil between the two. So it's really cool how they do that story-wise. But then it's also intimidating when you go. Okay, so it's Rita Farr who's gone through this whole uh, art endeavor, and then she's come back and, and been enlightened by the by Dadaism, and so it's it's like a it's almost like a rebus, but for Rita Farr, where she's two characters conjoined now, like in her own subconscious.
0: Yeah. Again, very deep. Um, do we know Laura's side? ish yet do we know what the motivation is other than just her justifying
2: her actions as being good I think we're still waiting to see what happened when Niles Calder and Madame Rouge I think that might be the catalyst because we saw the notes of of back in uh, you know whatever episode it probably was Undead Patrol where Rita Farr, or I'm sorry, where Niles Calder was saying to the Bureau of Oddities that Laura DeMille was a cancer to the Institute. And in today's episode, she just hates Niles Calder, and she's joining the Brotherhood of Evil. This is also still taking place in 1949, so she still has this um, deteriorating moral compass. So... April Bowlby, I'm sorry. Rita far best explains it in the attic scene where she's saying it's 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 your it's the feeling of powerlessness that turns good people cruel. I don't know if you heard that quote before. Yeah. Um But uh, it's it's no you using that quote literally helps me
0: understand. Honestly, yeah. It you, know, you say it as a joke, but it's it really the, like you could bring that back around and you can explain it in that sense, and I'm like, okay, yeah, that's it right there.
2: That's the it. Head. Yeah. So it is that um but but I feel like there has to be something that starts it, you know? Yeah. Like there has to be a catalyst for it. Sure we can say, "Oh yeah, you know, her moral compass is deteriorating and she's she's on this this power hunger trip." But what started it? What made Niles Calder write that letter? And and where is that connection that connective tissue? And I think we're probably going to see maybe a Timothy Dalton cameo later towards the end. I'm I'm just speaking out of my own ass here, but I feel like that's what we're missing is we're missing a Lord demille and Niles Calder and him seeing what's wrong here or maybe instigating it. Or maybe there's love loss. Like maybe, maybe that's the problem that's happening here. Mm. We're seeing the subconscious. I mean, this whole thing is subconscious about the other doom patrol characters, but i think that's what we're missing out of all the other characters is we're we're missing the villain subconscious like what happened to you to make you go astray that's what we're missing and i think that's a question that this show wants to answer either in in the next episode or um, in the final episode so it just um but yeah like the Far terrific performance uh as a character um it's going to be interesting how seeing how that character returns back to Doom Patrol or, you know, if, if the character does or not. But Rita Farr has become such a empowered character that it is kind of intimidating or scary when you see that that character is orchestrating the Eternal Flagellation for the Sisterhood of Dada. And it's being used on friends it's being used on larry trainer and the other two doom patrol members (laughs) and like it's 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 just interesting to see what that character is going to end up being like um and then the attic scene was was really good um i think that if just just seeing that episode it just that scene there you're just like yeah that that's incredible performance i mean all
0: acting in this entire episode was (sighs) yeah stand up applause honestly everybody yeah um but yeah let's uh let's get into some therapy huh
2: <laughs> yeah we got a therapy patrol three on today's episode or uh puppet patrol two if you will um and uh today's episode we we're gonna start off with cyborg here who's in the toy shop as a child um this one i think spoke to me the most out of all the characters uh this is something i've dealt with and like as a young kid when you get into like these kind of racial profiling uh, episodes I say episodes as in a memory that happens to you the trauma of it really does kind of straighten you out and it can straighten you out in the wrong way and I see this a lot happening with um, parents and, and their children Is is sometimes we try to grow them up a little too fast and we skip what's formative of, of being a child and cyborg or i'm sorry victor stone getting this this colonel tony not colonel tony is is general tony played by richard gann who played a colonel in daddy daycare so that's where i'm getting that mixed up uh <laughs> <laughs> i think i was in daddy daycare once uh i only remember that because i was like i'm pretty sure you just played a colonel before um and, and it, yeah colonel Colonel Hinton or something from from Daddy Daycare. He's also in Rocky 4. Most people will be like, uh just say Rocky 4. Um, oh, just say Rocky 4. Just say just say Rocky 4. Okay, so Richard Gant, yeah, playing General Tony. And uh yeah, the it first of all as far as the the fucking bullshit that people still deal with in today's today's world, it's like Victor Stone as a child uh, having to to deal with this bullshit toy store manager uh it's infuriating but it's also very like still it's real in the doom patrol yeah it's still in this doom patrol it's story it's like it's not it's not too far off from from what this character is dealing with and and this this memory right here perfectly encapsulates like where where Victor Stone has gone wrong, and so I, I relate a lot to it when you when you see something like that, and and then you have this general Tony figure where you're like, yeah, I can just be disciplined and a warrior and, and turned from kid to soldier real quickly. Where that's how we're taught in life as as men to like straighten you out. It's like no, be like be like this soldier, this action figure, and like it just really just really fucks you up i can't say it in any other way but this one this one hit a little too close to me <laughs> yeah
0: it was um really emotional especially the conversation the very real conversation um of uh, everybody in the toy store and the whole thing with you know why there isn't black superhero toys and that asshole's manager's explanation is probably inlaid in some truth in the horridness mm-hmm. of of action figure in marketing and, and, and who's buying toys and shit. Um, it's terrible that that is a reality, um, something that you have to face and, 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 and accept that it is reality and that people do go through shit like this. Um,
2: we've talked about it before.
0: Yeah, we have. And it's, and it's what you were saying when, when parents try to force their kid to be you know, to grow up a little bit too fast, but um, you know, in, in a in a sense like that, uh, with what Silas was telling Cyborg, I mean, he's from his standpoint of view. I can't say that he's wrong, you know, and and it sucks um, not having to be able to to live a childhood. You know what I mean? To to have that idea yeah. and and for that that thought to be stuck in your subconscious of I can't be a kid i have to grow up and this toy uh Mm -hmm. general tony sergeant tony whatever he was general uh, tony general tony is the role model um that's rough man i was Mm -hmm. able to play with my superman and batman action figures um and uh, when i had my gi joe toys it was more of just i don't know collectible i didn't they weren't they weren't the inspiration so that's where it was like i can see uh the flash was my inspiration i loved my flash action figures so i can see where victor as a child needed to pull from um but not being able to choose what that inspiration is that's heartbreaking not being able to choose a black action figure is heartbreaking
2: and it's what the general, the, 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 the sales associate, or I don't know if that was the manager at the toy store, saying that like, oh yeah, we don't have black superheroes because nobody buys black superhero action figures. Um, we talked about this when we talked about why Young Justice was canceled at first by season two on Cartoon Network, and it was mostly because the demographic of of teens that were watching the show were women um or just not male and they weren't buying you know the merchandise they weren't buying the action figures and stuff like that and it's it's another thing of like well we just don't make we don't make the action figures for for women and then you move forward over to Wonder Woman and then once the Wonder Woman movie once they finally made a Wonder Woman movie and then once they finally made merchandise for Wonder Woman then you saw people starting to buy that and then showing showing the studios the money. Like, look at how much money you're making now that you're actually marketing a female superhero. And then you get into things like Wonder Woman Barbies, and then you were telling me about the kid who was buying the Wonder Woman action figure mm-hmm. and, like, how boys can play with Wonder Woman action figures and, and be like, this is a badass superhero, regardless of race or gender. I got two of them. Um, yeah. And it's like... It, and then and then you look at what's going on with Victor and not only is he being scolded at for being a child he's being scolded at for being black and so it's like you look look at Silas Stone who sure you might say like okay well Silas isn't wrong here yes but he's still conformed to what has become the norm that the social construct of like don't be too black in this store don't be too you know too much of a child You've got to act like a like an adult white male to to get at least a a, a pass on not being killed today. Like that's so fucked up. So that's it's so like just so killing, killing off like your childhood, killing off like your black e- ethnicity, and then and and you can slot that in with any other race, especially Asians dealing with a lot of just general racism in 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 America, um, um, uh, Latino or you know just. Any type of Hispanic or Latino, Latinx, um, however you want to um, represent yourself, but it's it's just like it's just to remove that from yourself is is what this country is asking for you just to just to get a pass, and it's 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 it still happens today. It's always happening today because. And and I see that when I look at Silas, I see it when I look at him in, in, in that toy store, and I see, I see a black man who has who looks, for lack of a better term, who looks r- like a r- really whitewashed, like he has to be. He, he's not allowed to 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 be himself. He has to be sterilized of his racial ethnicity. You could see it in the character, especially when he's saying it. So it's like yeah sure maybe he's wrong or maybe he's right but he's he's not helping by continuing continuing that that new culture that is strip yourself of that um reminds me of 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 the the uh save the man kill the indian protocol thing that they used to do in um the midwest where they were uh taking native Americans back in and labeling them Mexican and then having them work in, in the Midwest. Um, this was like back around, you know, sixties and, and whatnot, um, where they were. Yeah. Anyways, I don't want to get too, too into it, but do you understand what I'm saying? It's just like, they just whitewash everyone into their culture. And it's, it's some homogeneous racism going on. Um, it's fucking terrible. So yeah. yeah. Um, Jesus, the reality
0: it, is just so fucking awful, isn't it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> we have to do better. We, by, we
0: have to be better.
2: We have to. We have to start uh, standing ground a bit. I hate using that term, but like standing your ground and saying, like, no, he's allowed to be a child and make mistakes. They're allowed to be a child, and make mistakes. She's allowed to be a child and make mistakes. Like they, they should be able to do things. Kate Chalice is allowed to steal a bike every now and then. They're children, right? Like. <laughs> Um, you're like, allowed to make it, mistakes. You have to be able to make mistakes and not and not be condemned for your culture. That's a that's a that's a that's a huge line. You know, it's one thing to be a child and be like, "Hey, you fucked up. Clean up this mess." Like, you can sift through the toys, but don't be making no pile like that. That's fine. But to be like, "Okay, we have to treat you differently because you're a black child." And oh, I'm a 30 year old, 40 year old guy working in a toy store, but I feel threatened <laughs> by this black kid. Like, boy, stand up straight. Don't be talking to me like You're that. You're not wrong. The amount of guff I would get from the motherfuckers at KB Toys. <laughs> we gotta find them. Me at the the EV games. These are all the games you got as I play on the GameCube demo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, let's let's kick it off to the next character. Um. Let's do let's do Cliff Steele. This one is this one's a rough one. It's um, a tearjerker, that's for sure. At least we got a lot of Brendan Fraser for this one. We got some great Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Oh, uh, before we get into Cliff Steele, I just just shout out Richard Gant. Great, great General Tony. The the hair, makeup, the whole thing that was going on with that character. Uh, I love that character. You want to talk about like just heartwarming characters? That General
0: Tony. His movements, at his arms where there would be points of articulation, it was very soldier, yeah.
2: very action figure like It was great. The it, everything the he was doing was look, such a like great a performance, yeah. and he delivered some of the best lines in, in today's t- today's episode. Just, I loved everything about that character. I loved everything that that character had to say to others, the way he addressed other characters, and just the words of wisdom he was trying to give Victor Stone at the end before he disappeared. It was really good. I really did enjoy that. Um, that's a character, like if I could have like such a weird combination of other characters meet as I would totally love if general Tony and Flex Mentalo like met at some point because they're such strong, like great representation of male figures that are not toxic. And they're just like, they have the values of what it means to be a, a a great man and like just role models like that's it and like those are two characters i would love to see work in tandem for some weird adventure so um especially if you got you know superheroes who can who can alter reality so um but yeah let's talk about a man who's not so great and that is cliff Steele, and you know, we we get the context. Um, we've I, we've talked to about it before, but yeah, Cliff Steele being this uh, this dopamine dopamine like king, uh, it, it's 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 bittersweet because first of all, you're like, yeah, Brendan Fraser, we're gonna have a great time here. It's you know, it's 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 Riley Shanahan and 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 Brendan Fraser in the same room. You have the robot man and and Cliff Steele talking to each other he's delivering lines. It's, it's great to see him throughout the entire episode. And then it's just bitter because it's like, you are the worst one as far as like getting any sort of progress in your life. We thought you were on the right track, but I, I don't know. Stubborn. If, I don't know how he's going to turn it around. Hmm. You know, he says he's dying in, in, in today's episode. is. I don't know if is, is the character gonna get saved before the character just bites the dust. I don't know. I'm so I'm kind of worried about the character. I think he's in it for the
0: long haul. Um, it's possible that we're going to see a uh, another gimmick to prolong the inevitable. Um, I don't. I think there's got to be a, a cure or something. There's got to be something that. To, to help the Parkinson's um but I'm still looking forward to a uh a robot man 2.0 uh you know yeah. fiasco or or what have you but um I think the right track for Cliff is is you know self-realization exactly mm-hmm. what he did in that garage in his in his daughter's garage um You know, but that, that comes with, you know, that, that's due to what, uh, your, your subconscious telling you off, uh, shame, you know, um, fear for, for screwing up again, or what have you, um, fear for, for messing up again, that's what I just said, fear for even doing the right thing, because you don't
2: know what the right thing would be, I guess, um, he just, yeah, he's, he's really lacking. They say in today's episode where it's like, I, I don't have a problem with the way I am. And then Larry Trainer's like, I think that's the problem is that you should be, you should be ashamed of, of the mistakes that you're making, that you're still making now. And for Cliff Steele, I, it, it, I'm not worried about the Parkinson's. Like, I know that that's a problem. You're dying and all that, and that you're probably doing all this stuff just to feel special because you're dying, but you're not atoning for your mistakes. You're saying, oh, I'm making mistakes. And then, you know, you go and you make go other off. mistakes. Yeah, you go and make other mistakes because you feel like time's running out. So it's like, oh, okay, well, fuck it. I can do whatever I want because I'm dying. And it's like, no, you're dying. So make things right before you go. Like, if 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 this is how you spend your time, it's not going to be. No one will care when you're gone. There'll be life. Will be better off. I mean, you're. And this is the thing. This is the thing. The point I, I, I thought of earlier is we still have to think about his father, who did atone for the way he was and changed. And now Clara looks at her. At her grandfather, with with a positive regard instead of a negative one, like Cliff does with his own father, and so Clara loves to remember her grandfather as this great person because he saw kind of like the bastard he was and then changed it. And Cliff resents him still and doesn't it you know doesn't forgive him for for his past. And then you look at Nas Calder who he also blames, and and I guess you can kind of look at as a father figure as well, and now it's colder. You don't want to be that either. You don't want to be remembered for being a piece of shit. And it's like, you die eventually. Don't spend what little time you have by by continuing to be someone that people are going to end up, you know, when they do remember you, they, they resent you, they have negative feelings. So it's a way that both father figures for Cliff, both being Niles Calder and his his own father, don't don't become that which you hate because that's the that's the path that Cliff is on, and that's what he's not realizing is that. Damn, you're gonna die a huge piece of shit, and it's gonna be all for naught if you don't fix it. Died as you lived, right? By being the worst. (laughs)
0: Um. It's an emotional roller coaster, what Cliff is going through. And the fact that the second chance is, you know, right in his face and it's uh, biting him in the ass, um, even adds to the, I guess, emotion that this character is feeling. Um, he himself has even said, you know, second chance. It's always about a second chance. There's always a second chance with Clara. There's a second chance at life, yada, yada, yada. Um, but he does not like taking it. You know what I mean? It's, I don't want to say that he's wasting it because in his mind, he's doing what he wants to do. And that's exactly what you should be doing. Um, but you're not making right by, you're, you're not being a better person with that second chance. Um, yeah. and I think the thing that's what when you're given that second chance the thing that you should want to do is to be better than you once were and we see it that he's just doing the same exact thing he's got the second chance with Rory and with Clara Clara and uh, he's just stealing money and l- looking at webcam babes
2: <laughs> yeah it's it's really upsetting. It it's it, you have a second chance and you're you're doing it all again because you just you feel and because ent- there's that other spend it all. Yeah. You know? And and there's just another
0: problem in your life. Problems aren't going to go away, you know? Um his first problem was what? Having a kid and he couldn't enjoy being a a rock star race car driver. With 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 all the blow and strippers and stuff, and now his problem, his second problem is dying. And he's doing the same exact thing when he f- faces a problem.
2: Just relapsing. Yeah, hard, like real hard. Mm-hmm. Um, he's gotta gotta be better. Yeah, I, th- that's what I'm hoping is that I'm hoping he. He changes because, like, the, now you see it with with Clara. Because in in the next couple episodes, it'll be Clara being like, "No, you can't can't be around me. You can't be around Rory," and meanwhile, she still admires his father, her grandfather. And it's like, look at that, look at that, and then there's your proof that you you you're you're still not right, like. Here she is in high regard of of your father, and you hate him for being a piece of shit, but sh- you're the one who's who's banned from seeing her child like that's the proof right there you have to change who you are she's she has to be the catalyst for him seeing what's wrong with him and doing something better like that's it's awful it's awful the the situation he's in, and I'm really hoping. That that that's what changes, um, and then it it was it was a a crazy dichotomy with with Crazy Jane, um, where she is a child abused by a father, where he is the the kind of piece of shit father, and they don't touch uh, this as much as they do in season one, where they had Jane patrol and everything going on with Cliff Steele and Crazy Jane. But, yeah, we we have Kate Chalice in, in today's episode as the subconscious, and they do this whole Puppet Patrol thing with the different personalities. It's great. It's it's amazing to see that in the show. The Sesame Street um, Yeah. Thing. It was really, really fun. Um, you a Muppets I fan? I thought that... Are you asking me in my Muppets I'm asking you, fan? are you a Muppets fan? Nate, how long have we been friends? I know, but tell the people. Oh. <laughs> I know, I... Listen, don't get me started on some Jim Henson stuff, okay? Mm-hmm. I do love it. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. Big Avenue Q but, guy, huh? Yeah, big 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 Muppets fan. Um still waiting on them to renew that Dark Crystal show, but anyways. Um Oh yeah, you did watch all that Dark Crystal. It's so good. Anyways, uh the Puppet Patrol stuff that happens in today's episode is 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 a, is a lot of fun. I even caught the hairy bit with the lamb and I was like Oh, it's Harry. It's, it's the lamb. How are they asking this question? Like we all remember this lamb from from the well from season two. Um, but um, the real kicker of the episode is is this confession that Kate Chalice makes to Crazy Jane about not wanting her around. That was the part that shocked me because I understand the other personas being like, "Oh, okay, it's time for them to 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 disappear, to go away." to close off their station from from the interstate 8 driver 8 train um the underground to ask for crazy jane to to die that part really sucked that part emotionally was like damn that's very upsetting how did you feel about this one brought tears to my eyes <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, um, heavy realization, heavy realization. That's uh, something that we talked about many moons ago about the uh, probably the inevitable, inevitable um, healing of k Chalice. That's
2: a good way to put it.
0: Because <laughs> that's what it is. I mean, that's exactly that's what, it what is, the right? story is. That's what it's supposed to be. That's what the personas are supposed to do. It's, it's a tool. It's a healing mechanism you know um they're serving their purpose it just sucks when you get connected to to a persona and especially when we know of crazy jane as being jane and always being jane um Mm -hmm. it's uh it's a shocker but uh i think we saw it coming um very curious to see what would happen what's more curious is that um all the other personalities are are gone and it i don't know if that's due to Kay realizing i'm done with this like i can move on or if it was still something that dr harrison is doing what if it is yeah. a personality that is convincing Kay? yeah it could this be is... like like it's it could be a thing where it's it like you're be. getting in your own mind and you you're talking yourself into things and it's like well the really anxious side of my mind was telling me not to do it or whatever or telling me to do yeah, do th- something telling me to do this telling me to do that anyway it, it mm.
2: that's also like a possibility the, the crazy jane story when it, when we look at the grant morrison run of doom patrol uh, she has a or they in in the in the comics they have a big part in the painting that stole Paris, dealing with what their version of the Eternal Flagellation was the fifth horseman of, of destruction, uh, of the apocalypse. And then at the end of Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol, there was a, a ending for Crazy Jane. So he ended the painting that stole Paris with Crazy Jane. He ended his run with closure for Crazy Jane, if this show does kind of do the same thing, it will end with the conclusion of Crazy Jane and keep the other Doom Patrol characters... Well, not sure about Victor Stone yet. We'll have to get into that character too next episode. But uh, we could see the end of Crazy Jane as Kate Hallis heals. Um, but then there's also that question of what Dr. Harrison was referring to when Dr. Harrison said, you know... Um, Crazy Jane left the Puppet Patrol uh, Underground Avenue Sesame Street bit. And Pretty Polly was like, oh, Crazy Jane always leaves us with this mess. And then Dr. Harrison was like, no, never again. Never again is she going to leave us. And so, yeah, maybe Dr. Harrison does have one more trick up her sleeve. Um, But it doesn't change the fact that in order for Kay to heal these personalities do have to go away. So it it does suck, but if we want this character to get better, the character has to go away. And that really sucks. And I'm hoping I don't know, somehow it's just it, it kind of ends the same way Grant Morrison ended it where Kate Chalice is is well, not in the way Grant Morrison ended it, but in in a way where Danny is involved again, and Kate Chalice is, is whole, she's healed, she's 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 progressing as one entity, and we've said goodbye to Crazy Jane, and then she goes to live with Danny and Dorothy and has a happy ending, as we can hope for a comic book TV show, and it'll be. It'll be a tearjerker when that happens. Well, I guess this but is are wrong.
0: <laughs> there you go.
2: There you go. Don't play yeah. that. We're not going to play the... It's not happening. Uh, <laughs> and then we have Larry Trainer, And, uh, oh boy. <laughs> he seemed to be the one that got the most progress out of his subconscious. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It seemed like I he thought the knew others exactly were gonna what, what to suit. do.
0: Yeah, he went in there with a game and the, plan. And was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, we're not, we're not doing this shtick anymore. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not doing this anymore.
2: <laughs> you, you would think the others were gonna be just as, as, uh, for lack of a better term, just progressive. Like everyone else, everyone else just had a whole shit show, but, but Larry Trainer was like, Nah, man, you gotta, you gotta let love win. <laughs> this is fake. We gotta get yeah. out of here, yo. Yeah, go find that space worm and love it with all your heart. Which was really cute. I loved seeing that. Just nurturing that little space amoeba. Great movie. Um but uh it's uh yeah. Larry Trainer uh, everything that happens with with his mother at that church. Boy, that was th- that goes in line with with the Victor Stone thing at the toy shop. That is upsetting. That that to me was like Oh, I, I loathe this woman. <laughs> I don't care if it's your mother, Larry. That, that shit. Why do people say that? Why do people say I'm a god? We're god fearing Christians. Or what? What is with that? What is with you in this? Because he's scary, old, man. That guy's Old Testament bullshit. Scary. It's, we're god fearing citizens. Is that a good thing? You get out of here I with know, that. Right? Nonsense. Like
0: when when did that like take the turn? It was like, wait, I'm supposed to like I thought this dude was like a good guy, huh? Yeah. I thought this guy was a was a cool dad. That's what his son yeah, was cool. telling me. I thought they were I thought he was a cool dad, like one of them dads that becomes a friend. You know? Yeah, no, it, uh-uh. that's, that's when his kid turned thirty-three, like... he went out. He was like, <laughs> You got your own problems, kid. <laughs> you are. This is out of my bag.
2: It's there's nothing wrong like Larry Trainer could still c- continue being a Christian but it's like when you put the whole like we're God fearing citizens and you know you you have to make sure that you uphold my tradition of, of righteousness like what are you going on about you're you're the reason you make this religion so uh, like intolerable uh, because of people like you just like with this Toxicity. I, I,
0: you said that Larry could keep his, uh, religion. I guess to stay Christian or whatever. I think yeah, no, I he see- could. He could. I think. I think it's better. the The term would, I think, would fit. The term that fits better is you can keep your faith. Um, but like as yeah. like in terms of like whatever that community is, uh, you know, fuck all to them because they're. Yeah. Apparently the community you know, out, is what's out, toxic. Uh outcasting you and why do you want to try to be accepted by a group of people that are not happy with you? Yeah. Keep whatever faith like, you want to keep. I mean that's all your own that's do your own thing. But like don't I'm try not trying to, to make it please other people, yeah. especially the crazy people.
2: I'm not trying to make it like a let's dog on Christianity um, Oh yeah, no, cause I'm I didn't not, think that. Yeah, I'm not you know, but um for those who are, and I, I have plenty of friends who are, and it's like hell yeah, you guys, you guys are great rep- representations of your religion and everything. Um, and Larry Trainer could still be that. And I'm not trying to dog on on Christianity. I'm talking about the toxic community mm. that that any community, whether it's religion or not, whether you know, it's any any caveat of any community or dare I say fandom, it's like. You know, Larry Trainer, yeah, he's gay, and and what he, you don't think he can just be a, a man of God as well and gay? Like it's it's just one of those things where where she where she starts saying all this hot keywords of of righteousness and God fearing and uh, don't you know don't ruin my life with your choices? And it's like this is his fucking wedding, my guy, like. You need to sit the fuck down. Mm. And it you know, it's just they're making it worse. It's so bad. Um I think it's important to uh
0: to remember that the uh, the whole point of that was for Larry to say the thing that he wished he could say. Um and he, that he didn't did want to get married.
2: Oh. What? Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, you're right. I was I mean to tell his mother exactly exactly and i think that's
0: like a i don't know that was just a feel good moment because it's like if you know you you have the chance to do that thing that you wanted to do and you know didn't go through with it at the time but now uh saying these things to your mother and being proud of who you are is it's got to be empowering on on levels you know but levels that i don't understand um but it's got to be incredible i don't know to just have that like thought and have that feeling especially if, if, if you could let's think about this like literal if you were put into this position of, of going back into your subconscious and and going to a moment where you would want to say the thing that you didn't um i mean you would right you wouldn't just end up be stuck in that loop obviously you would want to work through it um so yeah. I I think that's just another way of showing the incredible growth of Negative Man and Larry Trainer, especially even from the first season that we saw of this character.
2: Yeah. I, I I Larry handled it the best, and I and I do agree with you. Um and I even <laughs> it's crazy that we're seeing this in this dc tv show did you think of loki at all when you saw this no why you didn't think of the the loki bit because they do the in loki they um they do they have a similar subconscious part where they sentence loki into kind of like this repeating loop of time where he deals with um uh i can i don't remember all the thor character names but uh the slapstick uh, one
0: where where Lady Sif was no. coming and hitting him in Sif. the in the in the in the balls. Yes,
2: it, Sif. That's okay. yeah. Sif, S I F. Lady Sif. S Y F. Sif Sif. S I F F, right? Or S Y F? If you're a Marvel fan, you let us know. <laughs> Come but <on>. uh, <laughs> yeah, but that's the same thing. That was a subconscious memory of something he regretted, right? And then they they repeat the process over and over again until he eventually atones for his shame.
0: Yeah, but it was more so, like, that's weird because, like, I just got the the thing that they were, like, shoving down my throat in that moment I think was the more slapstick of it all, of him him getting kicked in the balls every time or whatever.
2: It's... I don't know. That, there was a I, bit of. I understand where you, that is, where that that
0: idea comes from, but yeah, clearly, what overshadowed that for me was the physical comedy. Maybe the that should have been addressed. If you're well, trying to the... make a point,
2: <laughs> that's the Marvel B team for I you. I mean,
0: <laughs> if you're trying to make me like be philosophical with Loki and have him talk to self-conscious beings and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm with you. But uh yeah. don't make the whole thing about slapstick, I guess. I'm a sucker for slapstick. Yeah. I'm going to laugh
2: at it. So and you know the the more I think about it, the more those those three Marvel shows, WandaVision, uh Falcon and Winter Soldier and and Loki, you kind of get all those same themes in in Doom Patrol as is, like all the all the characters in Doom Patrol. We we've seen just how great this show is, and then you look at those Marvel shows, and they they individualize those those miniseries to be each one, and they have huge budgets and whatnot, and that's cool and all. But Doom Patrol, I mean, this is why we got into it back when we read the comic books. Is is, is all this good stuff that's in there, and so that's why. When I start to watch those Marvel shows, I do kind of think, like, oh, yeah, there's, I get what they're going for as far as like themes and, and morals and, and, and the takeaway of it all. And it's great to get that. But then when they do the Marvel thing, that is like, okay, now choreography time. Here's the it's action.
0: Like, Here's the cool Yeah. And, the,
2: and that's, we talk about it in Doom Patrol where it's like, yeah, there's no action in this episode at all. And that's fine. We don't need superheroes to to do that. I don't need to see. I don't need a big super punch. I don't need like a a
0: litany yeah. of, of powers and whatnot. Yeah. I need compelling storytelling that has characters that I know and love. Um, yeah. I mean,
2: yeah. Right. It's, it's, like, there was no fight scene between Madame Rouge and Rita Farr. There's not like that doesn't happen in today's episode. When they when they address each other in, in the attic. Like that doesn't happen. That's excellent. And, and I mean,
0: if it was a, yeah. if it was a cartoon, it would be Madame Rouge getting all, you know, wiggly or whatever, <laughs> liquefied, and yeah. you know, big old, uh, big Rita far st- stomping on. Th- I don't know whatever the, whatever you would do in a big old you yeah. Know, but they don't see it. Yeah, they don't. You don't need. They don't it. get like that. You get the exact opposite. Rita tries to yeah. use her powers, and it's like, aye, well. You you got me because you you used your powers and you turned into something that you know clearly gave me pause. You turned into Malcolm, which has a sentimental effect and it's like yeah. Bingo bango. Superpowers out need. the window. Don't even need him right now. Like yeah. this is this is bigger than a superpower fight. This is a
2: this is a fight of your mind and hearts. I love it. So good. Today's episode just it it was so tight. It was such a good, just fun episode for what they needed to get through with these characters. And yeah, when I was watching it, everything was just being confirmed in our minds that we've been talking about throughout this show. And they did it in such a good way that, you know, I was going into today's episode, you know, I wasn't having having the best day. But once I started to watch today's episode, I was really just like, wow, this is really keeping it interesting and and. Yeah, I'm. It just always finds a way to get me excited for the next episode. So, um, overall, just had a really good time with this episode. This is gonna be one of those things I I love to rewatch when I when I do rewatch mm-hmm. season three. The uh, powerhouse all wrapped acting, up. I
0: mean, if you can remember that when they were in that little uh blanket fort, Matt Bomber and Brendan Fraser acting together was. Something else. Yeah, that was something. The else. The whole cast was in there.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, Riley Shanahan, Matthew Zuke, uh, uh, Brennan Fraser, Larry, uh, Matt Bomber. Uh, yeah, just, just crazy. uh Diane Guerrero and and it's just just amazing. Just and what an incredible blanket fort. Let's let's shout out to the blanket fort design team. I could whoever never, designed the, the never. blanket fort. Get them a, a an Emmy for for a set design for a blanket Honestly. fort. Honestly, they. I mean sure they had a they had to go against the, the standard that was made by community, but uh, you know. Great on you. <laughs> great looking blanket Are fort. Are you part of the blanket fort
0: association or something like that?
2: Yeah, I'm part of the Facebook group. The blanket you should get in on Blanket it. Fort Fort the Blanket, blanket fort. fort Fort Association. No, hang on. The blanket blanket fort Facebook Foundation. Now the it sounds B- like you're F- trying to get F- money. I'm trying to come up with more F's, all right? There's only one social media I know that has an F. Hey, there's only going to be one in the future, baby. Meta. We're going to be
0: meta. <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> That's like
2: a DC comic social media site. I really meta. hope in
0: like 10 years someone listens to this be like, what
2: the fuck? <laughs> meta. It's like a, the social media for meta our uh, dating app for meta humans. That sounds awful. Let's wrap up this show. <laughs> If you guys enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at Radio Doom Patrol, Facebook, Twitter. Find us on there. If you enjoyed today's episode, leave us a positive review on whatever podcast app you listen to us on. Uh, Apple Podcast, probably the most prominent one. But any any and all, just let us know how you're doing. Let us know about what you thought about today's episode or any other episodes you guys are catching up on. Um, And without further ado... DJ, please take it away.
1: Bad news, nobodies. I'm afraid it looks like the Doom Patrol's not here yet because they're not all there yet, if you know what I mean. I guess you could say the Doom Patrol is in a retrograde. (laughs) Bad joke. I know, but they got me broadcasting from this drifting satellite. So tune in next time when I've got better space puns here on Doom Patrol Radio.